0: Money, 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 money. Welcome to Ask Peggy About Your Finances, because prosperity is so much more than money. Brought to you by writer, speaker, and certified financial planner, Peggy Doviak. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Hello and welcome to the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. My name is Peggy Doviak and I'm a certified financial planner practitioner. This is a show to help you understand your money better. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about the brand new COVID relief bill that's actually still being hammered out today, December 21st. We're also going to look at the impact of the new administration on some consumer protections within financial regulations. We're going to talk about some really important New Year's resolutions for you and some changes that I am making in my own advice giving for the New Year. So let's get started with the Bulls and Bears market and economic data. This is for the week ending December 18th, and it was a really good week in general for the markets. The Dow was up a little less than half a percent, while the S&P 500 was up one and a quarter percent, and the NASDAQ led the race up a little over 3 percent. Gold also closed up over 3 percent, as did West Texas Intermediate Crude on the front month price. The 10-year Treasury Yield went up 4.9%, which means that the aggregate bond fund that we follow went down by 0.19%. I like every week showing how there's that inverse relationship between yields and bond price. And then finally, the dollar index closed down about 0.91%. Now, this is Christmas week. And there's going to be a lot of absences from Wall Street. There's going to be a lot of attention being paid elsewhere. And as a result, the markets will likely move on lighter volume, kind of like what I talked about with the summer vacation strategy, where in August so many people go on vacation that the market movement's a little bit flaky because it doesn't have as much trading underpinning the market movements. Well, we're having the same thing this week, and today the the Dow is down considerably because of the new strain of coronavirus in England that was announced yesterday, and the fact that Boris Johnson has basically locked England down in place to try to make sure that this new strain of the virus doesn't spread very far. Now, the good news is for everything I've read, and I am no medical person, but apparently this new strain of the virus will still be um, manageable with the vaccines that we have. So that's good news. Apparently it's not such a morphing in the virus that we need a new vaccine for that because that would be tremendously depressing. However, anytime you have... These restrictions in movement, however much they're necessary, they have negative economic impacts. That's why it's so good that it looks like the House and the Senate are actually going to vote today to pass a new COVID relief bill. I waited until very late to put this segment of the show together to try to get as many details on the new bill that I can so i'm going to talk to you about something that hasn't been passed yet so it's really important that you pay attention and make the decisions that make sense for yourself and realize that some of this may change between now and when the bill actually gets signed by the president but it looks like there will be 600 dollars relief checks that will go out to most americans now there is an adjusted gross income threshold so if you earn too much money you're not going to get the relief check. There's also going to be an addition of 300 extra dollars each week in jobless benefits, and that will help people who still haven't been able to find work. It looks like there will be a new round of money for small business loans. So hey, if you're a small business owner, you need to pay attention to this, and you need to go to the bank where you bank. Remember, I've talked about how important it is to have a banking relationship because that group of individuals can more easily help you participate in something like this. So just as soon as the bill gets signed, if I were you, I would call a banker at the bank where I do business and I'd find out what kind of payroll relief is available and see if it's something that you qualify for. I'm sure like last time, it will be a business that's been negatively impacted by COVID and there may be some additional restrictions on it because there were a lot of people upset with some of the businesses that qualified last time around for this relief. So we'll just have to wait and see. But remember, this money goes fast. So you want to get on the ball. I know it's Christmas. I know you don't want to have to deal with anything, but you really do need to deal with this and try to get your name on the list so you can get the money. Apparently, there's also going to be money going into schools. And I'm hoping that's to make them safer when students have to go back in, like to pay for PPE and things like that. But I haven't actually heard those details yet. And then finally, there's going to be money added to the vaccine distribution program to make it easier. This week also, Moderna has its vaccine beginning to be distributed and we should start seeing doses of it administered this week. So, This is not the time to lighten up. This is the time to stay safe. We don't have that much longer before we'll start having the vaccine available. And so I want you for this holiday to be safe and be careful and make good decisions and realize that what you do this year may help you be able to be with the people that you love next year. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the legislative update of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. And I thought a lot about this section before I wanted to spend some time talking about it today because the legislation that I'm going to discuss is very likely going to be overturned early in the new administration, but it raises some issues that I think consumers need to be aware of And I think that it could, in fact, be a while before the whole fiduciary standard and financial advisor behavior becomes front and center in the Biden administration. I think it will happen, but I'm not sure how long it will take. And until this rule is overturned, it will be the law. And so I want to make sure that you, as a financial consumer, at least understand what's going on right now so what happened this last week is the department of labor released its and i'm going to read the term it's the fiduciary prohibited transaction exemption so what that means in english is things you couldn't normally do if you were acting as a fiduciary you can do under the exemptions that they're going to set forward in this bill. And some of the exemptions actually make some sense. So that, for example, if an advisor already has a relationship with a client, then that will assume to be a regular part of the investment advice requirement for any rollover assets that require a fiduciary standard. Remember that as part of a fiduciary standard with your money, there is the assumption that there will be advice that is ongoing. Now, what this is designed to prevent on the surface is a broker who purchases investments for you in an IRA, and then you never hear from them again. Like absolutely never hear from them again unless there's a recommendation for another sale. Now, the relationship that you have with your advisor and how often you meet with that advisor is between the two of you, but there does need to be the concept of advice in order to meet the fiduciary requirement, or in this case the fiduciary that's been watered down to best interest. Remember, we've talked a lot this year about the best interest rules and how Department of Labor was really watering down the whole concept of fiduciary standard from the beginning. But this is specifically designed to make it easier for um, financial advisors to roll over IRAs. Now, why does this matter? Well, first and foremost, it is most likely if that if you have a job that has a 401k plan in it, that 401k plan is probably the most amount of money that you have in the stock market. And so advisors like to roll those over and that lets them um, provide advice to you. It also lets them get fees and commissions. So it's really important that whoever is handling a rollover for you be acting in your best interest because it's probably a big chunk of money. It was, in fact, a broker's behavior with my mother's 401k rollover that drove me into this industry in the first place because he did not act like a fiduciary in any way, shape or form. And when he did it, it wasn't the law. What he did wasn't illegal. It just really wasn't fair. And so that's how I got here. And so the whole idea of being careful who you roll finances over to is really important. The other reason this is critical today is there's still a lot of layoffs. And there's layoffs from jobs where we never really thought people would get laid off. In fact, this is such a big issue. I'm going to be talking about it later in the show in the Plan Your Prosperity segment. So you want to stay tuned and and listen to that. But there's a very there's a higher likelihood than average right now that you might be rolling your 401k plan over to an IRA. So it's very important that you know who's handling your money. It's very important that you know how they're being compensated. It's very important that you know how they're making advice, they're offering you advice that's defined as being reasonable. And being um, not making any materially misleading statements, which to me is like the lowest bar you can create, but that is part of this Department of Labor rule. You cannot make a material materially misleading statement to a client, which means you can't outright lie to them. So I, I guess there's that. But it's also... Outside of that, hoping that in fact that isn't the biggest issue, there's the idea of understanding how that advisor went about deciding why these investments were the best for you. And so until these laws get adjusted and until they get tweaked, it's really important that you ask questions. It's really important that you find out why the advisor is making the investment choices that they're offering you. Why are they doing it? And it's also absolutely fair to ask them how much money they're going to get if you implement the choices. It's a good way of phrasing it because that way, if they're getting paid a commission from a company, but not technically a commission from you, you can... Capture that in that question. You just want to know how much money they're making. Everybody gets paid. You don't want to expect somebody to work for free. I don't work for free. That would be silly. But you do have the right to know how much money they're getting for making the for making the recommendations. And then you're deciding whether or not you think that's a fair amount. Understanding why they're making the investment recommendations that they're making. Why do they want you to buy this? Why do they want you to invest it in this way? Does it tie to your risk tolerance level? Does it help you reach your financial goals? Does it offer the right risk return characteristics? So what do I mean by that? I mean, if you need to be earning 6% in your retirement money to be okay through retirement, you don't want to go into a fixed annuity that is paying 2 or 3% that you're tied into for several years. Because if you need to be earning 6% and you're only earning 3%, it doesn't take a math degree to figure out, you'll run out of money. So you've got to be sure that not only is the investment recommendation prudent, like you know, it wouldn't necessarily be a bad idea to recommend that investment, but does it work for you personally? Does it get you to where you're trying to be? So the reason I almost didn't talk about this is there is no question that the whole rollover rule, the whole fiduciary standard, is going to get a major set of teeth under the new Biden administration. There had been a very good fiduciary rule that had been in place, and then it went away um, in this administration, and there's a very high probability that it's coming back. So, you know, I don't think we'll have news for a while. As we have news, I will certainly keep you up with it. But until there's legislative news, it's really important that you take responsibility for your own decisions so you can keep yourself safe. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 and Norman for production and studio assistance welcome back to the plan your prosperity segment of the ask peggy about your finances show and i don't know about you guys but i am going to stay up this year until midnight i'm not so much interested in watching 2021 come in as i am making sure that 2020 actually leaves so usually i'm staying up till midnight ready to welcome in the new year This year, I'm going to have a little broom and I'm going to sweep 2020 out because I'm ready for a new start. You know, when we did the show last year and I talked about New Year's resolutions that you would make for the coming year, it included things like saving money and putting money in your 401k plan and the the kinds of financial advice that everybody gives for a New Year's show. Well, you know, that really wasn't what you guys needed as advice. And of course, I couldn't be expecting something like a pandemic to hit. But I'd like to really temper what I offer you this year by way of financial goals for 2021. And I want to address some things that I don't think I've done a good enough job addressing in the past. And I want to start with the need for an emergency fund. Now, if you follow any financial celebrities, if you read any financial media, you'll see that you're supposed to have an emergency fund. And that fund is supposed to be a multiple of your monthly bills enough to help you in case you lost your job. But one of the problems with the emergency fund is How many months of a fund do you need? And I think if I have a huge regret, it's not taking the word emergency as seriously as 2020 proved that we need to take it. Because I've told people that if you have a good job, if you have a secure job, you've held it for a long time, the industry looks like it's safe, then if you could save like three months worth of an emergency fund, you would probably be okay. And the more unstable your job situation is, the longer the emergency fund needs to be saved for. So maybe it really is six months. Now, I've always had an issue telling someone they needed to save six months of their expenses because I know what happens when people get that advice. If you don't have any money saved in an emergency fund and I just drop on you that you need six months worth of your bills in an emergency fund, you're not going to do it. And you're not going to do it because it's overwhelming. And I've always recognized that. It's why I've suggested saving the two-week emergency fund where you save two weeks of your bills And then you try to do that over and over again, taking a big goal and breaking it down into bite-sized chunks. But there has always been the question of, should you really save all of that cash or should you also be funding your 401k? Because let's face it, a lot of people don't have all the money in the world to save for all of these goals simultaneously. And so I've pretty much thought that if someone had a good secure job and you could save as much as three months of your bills, that would be great. And for those of you who have now been out of work for six, seven, eight months, you know that that wasn't enough of an advice. So here's our dilemma. First of all, if you're still struggling This is not useful advice for you right now, and and I know it isn't. That's why I led the show talking about the new relief package. Look for anything you might qualify for. Remember that you can take money out of your company retirement plan or your IRA, and you can prorate your tax over three years, and there's no 10% penalty This isn't a segment about that, but remember that there is a COVID distribution from your saved retirement money right now. If you're in a lot of trouble, call your financial professional and maybe try to take care of that before the end of the year because I'm not sure when the end deadline on that's going to wind up being. So you've just got to tie a big knot and hang on. But for those of you who still have jobs, this advice is specifically for you. I want you to really focus on trying to save an emergency fund this year. And if it's just five bucks a week, then it's five bucks a week. You know, and people don't want to save that because it's like, well, that doesn't get me where, well, it gets you $20 a month and it would get you a couple of hundred dollars by the end of the year. And I understand that that's not an emergency fund, but people don't save because they don't think it works. I'm going to tell you anything you save adds up. And if you could save $10 a week, that would be better. You know, maybe once we get out of not being able to eat out because of COVID, maybe you want to forego eating lunch out a couple of days a week or eating dinner out two or three times a month and put that money in an emergency fund. If you could save $100 a month, you would have $1,200 in a year. That's still not enough to get you through, but again, it's better than where you are. I think we should all have a goal of having about six months of bills saved up. And if you don't have an emergency fund at all, you absolutely have got to get one because this year proves that things we thought were stable weren't. You know, jobs that I thought were secure weren't they just had an announcement in um it was on marketwatch a big financial website today that i read an article that said that major retailers are going bankrupt now some of those bankruptcies won't result in the store closing i understand that but some of them will and lots of mom and pop places aren't making it so it's really critical to have that money saved and so i want that to be your focus for 2021 if you don't have that piece of your financial life in place. Otherwise, if that's already good, then you want to do more of the traditional things. You want to match your company's retirement plan, at least you want to save more for your retirement. You want to make sure that your portfolio is invested the way you think it is, which was goes back to what we talked about in the legislative section. And you need to make sure your estate documents are in place because another tragedy of this year is people didn't necessarily have documents in place. And then they got sick and died very unexpectedly. So here's hoping 2021's a better year. Focus on that emergency fund, do the more traditional things, and I'm staying up. I'm ready to start over. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. Welcome back to the Ask Peggy segment of the Ask Peggy About Your Finances show. And one of the biggest topics that I get questions about has to do with retirement and how to start moving from saving money for retirement to taking money out once you're retired. You know, we we read a lot about how much we should save and what rates of return we should be looking for and What's too high? What's unrealistic? How do we match our return and our risk tolerance levels? But when we actually go to start taking money out, there's a whole separate skill set that we need. And if I was going to be cynical, I would say that one reason we don't know as much about it is. Anyone who is in financial services is actually losing money as you start taking distributions because there is less that you have to work with. I'm going to assume that isn't really what goes on. But I do think it's important that you understand the distribution side of your retirement as well as you understand the contribution side. And I want to go back and address something I talked briefly about in the last section because I think it's terribly important. And that is the ability to take money out of your retirement plan or your IRA if you have had a COVID-related disaster this year. That means that you've had COVID or had immediate family members with it that have caused you not to be able to work or your job has been negatively impacted by the pandemic and you know that particular definition applies to a lot of us and the irs is making this pretty generous you take the money out i believe it's this year you need to talk to your financial advisor but i would really hate for you to miss a deadline because you said oh i'll do that in january and then you find out in january you can't so this is really end of your advice And then you have three years to pay the tax or put the money back in. That's just unheard of that you can take the distribution and put the money back in later. And there's no 10% penalty if you're under 59 and a half. Now, remember, this is retirement money. If you spend it this year, you won't have it to spend in retirement, and you're going to need it in retirement. So this isn't your excuse to go raid the piggy bank and take money out because you can get away with it. But it is a way to help put food on the table and pay your rent if everything has gone south this year, but you have some money in a 401k or an IRA. So it's really worth your attention. The other reason I wanted to talk about this today has to do with what I talked about in the legislative updates section about IRA rollovers. And so when you have a company retirement plan and you retire, most people immediately think about rolling over their money to their new IRA. But there's two things you need to be careful of. One, if you have company stock, In your 401k, there is a specific tax treatment called net unrealized appreciation that lets you take a lump sum distribution of your company's stock and have special preferential tax treatment. I don't want to go into all the weeds now, but before you just roll, your company's stock into an IRA, I want you to talk to your CPA about whether or not net unrealized depreciation makes sense. And sometimes financial advisors either don't know about this or they don't pay any attention to it. So it's really important that you know about it. It's also important to know that when you roll money out of a 401k into an IRA, the age 59 and a half, 10% penalty begins to apply. And so you don't want to take all the money that you need. If you're 55, you want to leave some of it in the 401k so you can take distributions out of that without the 10% penalty that's waived if you're 55 and separated from service. If you roll it all into the IRA, you're going to have a 10% penalty for four and a half years. So you need to be careful with that. Pay attention. This is why it's really important that your financial advisor act as your fiduciary. Happy New Year. See you next year. Thank you to Sports Talk 1400 in Norman for production and studio assistance. You may submit personal finance questions to the Ask Peggy Facebook page and learn more at peggydoviak.com. And remember, prosperity is so much more than money.